There's mummies and dummies and ghosts that bark. There's goblins and ghoulies that wait in the dark. If you wish to wet your pants with fright, listen to Gaxi on Goosebumps tonight. I'm gonna come. Boo, my dudes, and welcome Rise, to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the only show in which I read and review every single one of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps books from the original series. Uh, today in this special episode, I will be giving Goosebumps to a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Um, hi, I'm Claire, and I've never read a single Goosebumps book. Well, that was going to be my, my next question, <laughs> Claire. I was born in 1994. Okay, so one year younger than me. Am I? I thought uh, I was older than you. No, you're a, you're a year younger. Oh, um, what was your What was your exposure to Goosebumps growing up in, in jolly old England? None. Um, like, none at all. I actually don't think I knew what it was until... Your brother started telling me about it. Wow! So you never saw them in, in... the context of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that it's got, I'm, I'm thrilled to be someone's introduction to the series. But you, you weren't aware of the TV show, or you didn't see the books on sale. No, not not at all. And it's really weird because I really, really like horror mm, as an adult. Mm, mm. So I had absolutely no exposure to that. Or are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. Well, he's interesting. I, I had a different uh, UK guest on uh, a few episodes ago, and he, he was he was crazy about the series. So oh. maybe it's a regional oh, maybe thing. It was amazing. Thing, then. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're here, and uh, we've got a few beverages. Would you like to uh, crack it for the a- ASMR? I'll do it for you. <laughs> oh, that was crisp. That was a I think sh- it did blow out the mic by the looks <laughs> of it, but that's all right. Uh, so we've got a, uh, a white claw mango over there. I'll be enjoying a Bolter Easy Hazy. Um, not sponsored. Not sponsored, but if you'd like to... Ch- <laughs> if you know anyone, by all means, uh, get in touch. So this is, of course, a, uh, a choose-your-own-adventure. Not all the Goosebumps books are choose-your-own-adventure. Some are just okay. standard short you know, stories for, for young children. Mm-hmm. This one, I'll read it out to you. And you'll get a choice of what, what path to take, okay. and we'll continue. There's over 20 different uh, scary endings we can end up on. Some of those endings are positive endings. The character pulls through or something positive happens. Okay. Some of them are quite bad, and some of them the child uh, ends up dying. Uh, though they, they try to avoid that sort of language. So could you... Uh, uh, explain to the audience what book we'll be going through today. Um, that's not the title. Oh, that's the title. So we're going to be looking at Under the Magician's Spell. And what do we have on the cover here? What, um, how can you describe the cover art for we've us? We've got a, a girl who's in one of those magician boxes that gets cut in half, and she's got what looks like green converses on, mm. but her body's in half, so that's crazy. There's also a little rabbit in a half. I always thought that was a boy. It is an ambiguous gendered uh, character, I would say, on the front, which is um, is sort of by design. Uh, you'll see with these books, they because it's from the perspective of the person reading it, they try not to um, specify uh, the gender. Oh, yes, so, so like one of those fan fictions where they just put your name. You, so you can wait, imagine you, it's you yes. talking to Chris Evans. That's exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking, is one of your personal favourite fan fictions? I mean, you know. <laughs> Could you read us out our blurb on the back there, Claire? I can. It's a little chop of horrors. You and your little sister and your best friend just found a new magic shop at the mall. The man inside calls himself the magician. He's pretty creepy. Before you know it, your little sister runs out of the shop with his book of magic spells. If you read one of the spells, you find yourself in the magician's workshop. Oh, I see. If, yeah, because yes, yeah, it's my choice, choices, right? Yeah. So I can choose not to. You can. <laughs> Just not engage with the book at all. Yeah. Suddenly you're part of a magic act. You're forced on stage, about to be sliced into a million pieces. Ooh. If the three bullies from school grab the book, you must find it before the magician makes your sister disappear forever. Mm. The choice is yours, and the scary 
Goosebumps Adventure. <laughs> they try and, I guess, advertise as many of the potential choices you'll face, but they can't I do it for I feel like them. that's a spoiler, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. And look, these situations may not be encountered depending on, on the choices. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I might not even get to them. No, we yeah. may not. So, let's crack on and okay. uh, we'll see how we go. <clears throat> Under Magician's Spell. Okay. You flatten yourself against the wall. You listen for a noise, any noise. Will we be able to make your escape? The only sound you hear is your own raspy breathing. You slowly peer around the corner. All clear. It's now or never, you murmur. You take a deep breath and sprint towards freedom. Bang! The door slams shut behind you as you fling yourself onto the lawn. Made it, you cheer. But you know there's no time to celebrate. You glance around. So far, so good. You race around to the side of the house and come to a dead stop. There they are, standing right by your bicycle. Your mother and your little sister, Joni. Hi, sweetie. Your mother greets you. Where are you off to in such a hurry? Your stomach stings to your toes. You were so close, so close to escape. Now you know what's coming. I'm meeting Sid at the mall, you mumble to your mum. That sounds like fun, dear. I'm sure Joni would like to go too. Ma, you wail. Joni is such a pain. She gets into everything. I have to watch her every second. Joni will behave, won't you, cutie? Your mother turns to Joni and kisses her cheek. Sorry, there seems to be someone having some sort of asthmatic attack right outside the door. Joni will behave, won't you, cutie? Your mother turns to Joni and kisses her cheek. Joni nods sweetly. She gives you a big fake smile. Goodbye fun, you think. Your bratty nine-year-old sister always gets you into trouble. She has to touch everything she sees. Break it or take it seems to be Joni's motto. But she's so disgustingly cute, no one ever seems to get mad at her. Grown-ups love her brown curls and bright blue eyes. Look, Joni wants to hold your hand, your mother gushes. Isn't that cute? You shake off Joni's hand. Once your mother is out of sight, you know Joni will drop her cutie pie routine. Listen up, Joni, you tell her. I'm in charge, so hurry up and grab your bike. I'm already late. I have to get my diary first, Joni says. That stupid diary. Joni never goes anywhere without it. You two have fun, your mother tells you. Then she follows Joni into the house. Joni, you holler, I'm leaving now. You jump on your bike and pedal as fast as you can. Hopefully none of your friends will spot you riding to the mall with your little sister. You glance back and see that Joni is pedaling hard to keep up with you. When you reach the mall, you and Joni lock your bikes in the rack. Don't wander off, you instruct Joni. Who? Me? She asks super sweetly. But was that not a choice then? No, it just said skip to 18. Oh, like it was, oh it's getting you into I think how maybe to turn it's, it's giving you a tutorial, yeah. You roll your eyes at Joni's sickly sweet act. You rush through the mall to meet your friend Sid. You spot him pacing in front of the comic connection. Sid is wearing a blue jacket that is a little too small for his chubby frame. He runs a hand through his spiky blonde hair. Where are you? He demands as you hurry over to him. Oh, sorry, where were you? That would make more sense. My mum made me bring Joni, you explain. Really? Sid raises an eyebrow. Then where is the little princess? Oh no. Did you lose Joni already? Joni has already disappeared. Too bad you can't just let her stay lost. You glance around the mall. There she is, you say, pointing across the courtyard. Joni stands frozen in front of a shop window as if she's in a trance. For a moment, you could swear her feet are floating inches off the ground. Ooh, foreshadowing. <laughs> can't be, you tell yourself. You blink and look again. No, her feet are still on the ground. The magic shop. You read the store's sign aloud. She's going in, Sid warns. Come on, you cry. We've got to get her out of there. The store won't know what hit her. You and Sid follow Joni into the magic shop. It takes a few seconds for your eyes to adjust to the dim light. Sid gives a little gasp beside you. Wow, you murmur. The shop is filled from floor to ceiling with magic tricks. Of course, Joni is touching every single one. You shake your head as you watch her fiddling with a miniature guillotine. But then she sticks her finger into place under the tiny blade. Joni, don't, you shout. Before you can stop her, she pulls the string and the blade drops right through her finger. 
Jesus. Mm, I know. I'm shocked. I'm just saying it right now. Fuck Joni. I'm not taking any choice that will save her. Okay, well, Joni, don't move. You race to her side. Your mum will be furious if you allow Joni to chop off her finger. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> you force yourself to look down at your sister's hand. You hope you'll be able to stand the sight of all that blood. Joni slowly pulls her hand away from the guillotine. She grins at you, waving all five fingers. Bitch. Do you strangle Joni now? Turn to page 25. Or do you use every ounce of strength and try to ignore your little sister's tricks? Wait, do I strangle her? That is literally the option. Do you strangle Joni now? So, sorry, my options are, do I commit child abuse? Mm. Or do I... Well, I... Or do you resist the urge to... to yeah, I mean, abuse? so the thing is, she's a little bitch, but oh. I'm not about to slap a child. So we're going we're gonna to resist for the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to save her, but I'm not going to actively oh. hurt her. Okay, fair enough. As well. Journey you spit out through clenched teeth We've only just arrived and already you've you're interrupted by a poke in the back you whirl around there's Sid with a goofy smile on his face oops said Sid sheepishly he holds up his hands they're handcuffed together Sid you scold him you're as bad as Joni a booming voice makes you jump I see that you are enjoying my tricks great you think the store owner now I'll have to pay for the tricks we've touched but where is the guy you glance around the shop you don't see anyone you smell something, though. Something musty and rotten. Welcome to the magic shop, the voice says. A tall, thin man with a skinny moustache steps out of the shadows. He is dressed all in black. His black cape swirls around him as if there was a strong wind blowing. Except, you remind yourself, you're indoors. I am the magician, the tall man declares. He's got a Beyonce fan. <laughs> <laughs> great shot, Mr. Magician. You use your most polite voice. Maybe that way he won't be angry about Sid and Joni playing with the tricks. Yeah, cool stuff, Sid pipes up. He reaches out to shake the magician's hand. What a jerk. He must have forgotten he was handcuffed. The magician peers down at Sid's wrists. You hear a low rumble that gradually turns into a creepy laugh. <laughs> uh, Sid's sorry about trying the handcuffs. You elbow Sid so that he'll put on his most sorry face. He does. Uh, But we really have to get home, you continue. So if you can get the key. Key? The magician brings his face directly in front of yours. There's no key. You notice little wisps of smoke escaping from his collar. This is getting too weird. You glance around for Joni. Adults usually go for her cute act. Maybe she can cute the magician into getting the key. You feel Sid tugging your sleeve. You turn back around. The magician has vanished. Where did he go? Hey, you exclaim. Where did he go? Sid points <laughs> towards a black curtain at the rear of the shop. You walk up to the curtain and give it a yank. There's nothing behind it but a solid brick wall. Weird. It's time to leave, you tell Sid. He agrees. You quickly find Joni kneeling in front of a huge bookcase. Come on, Joni, we're going, you tell her. But I'm... Now, you command, yanking her to her feet. We need to remove Sid's handcuffs, you say once you're outside. We have some tools back at our clubhouse. Hmm. A clubhouse? As you do. A clubhouse with a fully stocked toolkit, I guess. Maybe this will help, Joni says. She holds up an old book. The words Magic Book of Spells are written across the gold cover. Very nice. Joni, you screech. What are you doing with that? I tried to tell you, Joni whines, but you dragged me out of the store. Besides, I think there's a spell in here for getting out of handcuffs. Well, somebody needs to do something, Sid grumbles. I think these cuffs are getting tighter. Oh, God. Claire, what should you do? If you decide to try a spell from the book... Turn to page 32. If you decide to go back to the clubhouse and use regular tools, turn to page 47. Spell from the book or tools at the clubhouse. How, I need to get in character. How old am I? I would say 12. 12. 
I feel like 12 is too old to try the spell straight away. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? If, if I was like 9, I feel like spells... You'd have be faith in the magic ability. However, seeing as I'm 12, I'm going to go with the clubhouse. Very responsible. How is um, Sid going to get back there? Because didn't we cycle there? I suppose you can cycle with your hands. It would be difficult though. I wonder if it will be explained. I hope it is. Let's go to the clubhouse, you say. We must have something that will work. You leave your bikes at the mall. Sid can't ride with his hands locked together. There you go. I could have written this. Well, luckily, your clubhouse is only a few blocks away. You made it last summer out of the tool shed behind Sid's house. The three of you sneak into the tool shed. Sid is handcuffed and Joni is hiding a stolen magic book in her backpack. You figure you're better off without any grown-ups around. Okay, so let's get to work setting Sid free. On second thought, you tease, maybe we should keep him prisoner a while longer. We can play cops and robbers, Joni suggested. We already know who the robber is. That won't be any fun, you joke. He's already caught. I was going to say, the game's already done. (laughs) Come on, guys, quit kidding around, Sid whines. These handcuffs are getting tighter, really. You glance down at Sid's wrists. You realise he's right. The cuffs are starting to dig into his skin. They weren't doing that when he first put them on. Could they be magic handcuffs? I think they might be. I think Sid's fucked. (laughs) Am I allowed to swear on that? (laughs) Yeah, fine. No one listens anyway. (laughs) If these handcuffs have a spell on them, you'd better pry them off quickly. Who knows what could happen? You gather up in tools and get to work. You insert needle-nose pliers into the links of the handcuffs. You squeeze the handles as hard as you can. They don't budge. Well, how about if we smash the lock, Joni says. She hands you a hammer. Sid eyes it nervously. Careful with that, he cautions you. Just don't move, you instruct. Pull your hands apart as far as you can. Oh, Sid does what you tell him. You see a bead of sweat trickle down Sid's forehead. Then he closes his eyes. Take aim and bring the hammer down as hard as you can. Did it work? Find out on page 115. <laughs> Sid's got no fingers left. Oh well, Joni sighs. I thought it was a good idea. The handcuffs are still on Sid's wrists. Sid stands up to search for other tools. He trips over a box. He falls to the floor and the handcuffs snap free. Oh, he just falls over and they came off. Do you believe it, he says, holding out his hands. The cuffs must open automatically if you fall, you reply. Let's go back to the mall so we can return the handcuffs and the book. And get our bikes, Joni adds. You, Sid, and Joni hurry back to the mall. You were just about to enter the main doors when you hear a voice behind you. Well, look who's here. The Nerd Patrol. Oh. It's Larry Green. I just had a flashback. <laughs> Larry Green is the school bully. This year he's chosen you as his latest victim. Go away, Larry, you say. You try to sound cool. We don't want any trouble. Buddy and DJ, Larry's only two friends, oh. step out from beside some parked cars. We're collecting for charity, Larry tells you. Yeah, DJ sneers. Each of you give us a donation. Only if you can spell donation, you joke. Nice. This makes DJ mad. He grabs Joni's backpack. Oh no, the magic book is in there. Do you know, I, I kind of feel sorry for Larry. You know, they say hurt people hurt people. Well, that doesn't excuse his behavior. I think it does. And now we've just given him access to a magic book. All right, I'm now, now he's everyone's job. problem, all right? You might get rid of Joni for me, it's fine. <laughs> Oops! Oh, sorry. Oops! DJ says, <laughs> dumping Joni's stuff out of her backpack. The magic book falls to the ground. You'd better put everything back, Joni yells. Sure, Buddy yells sarcastically. And then he grabs one of her notebooks and boots it into the air like a football. DJ spots the gold-covered magic book on the ground. He leans down to pick it up. Give that back, you yell. You try and catch the book out of DJ's hands. Want it? Want it? DJ taunts. Catch! He throws the book to Larry. The book sails over your head. What's this? Larry asks as he catches it. 
Larry may be the dumbest person in school, but even Larry can tell her this book is special. I'll just take this book with me, Larry says. If you want it back, it'll cost you $50. Jeez. DJ and Buddy start laughing. Without thinking, you run at Larry. You slam into him. The impact knocks you both onto the ground. The book flies out of Larry's hands onto the pavement. You grab for it, stretching out your fingers as far as they can reach. You've got it. Then DJ's big foot comes down on your cock. Sorry, hand. <laughs> what the fuck? What's going on over there? It's the voice of Mr. Poole, the owner of the nearby yogurt store. Right, Hello, Mr. Okay. Poole. DJ lifts his foot off your hand. You're dead, Larry grumbles, picking himself up. We're out of here, he tells DJ and Buddy. Bring the book. DJ yanks the book from your hand. Several pages of the book tear out. You watch them flutter to the ground. Oh, no. The three bullies strut away with the magic book. Let them have the stupid book, Sid yells. Are you all right? Mr. Poole calls. Fine, thanks. You stand and wave at him, and Mr. Poole goes back into the store. You gather up the four pages that are scattered on the ground in front of you. What do you think this... You stop speaking and quickly read through the first paragraph. Silently. Oh, no. This is terrible. You gaze over at Joni and swallow hard. What's wrong, Joni cries. You look like you're going to be sick. You have no choice. You have to tell her. It's not good, you warn Joni. Your voice trembles as you read out the terrible words. The person who takes this book will have one hour to return it or disappear from the world completely. The three of you stare at each other in silence. I'm going to disappear? Joni asks finally. Don't worry, you tell Joni. You're not going to disappear. It's just a stupid prank. Joni runs her hand nervously through her hair. You watch her eyes widen in terror. She lets out a piercing shriek. <laughs> it's true, she cries. I'm going to disappear. She holds her hand in front of your face. Her fingertips are gone. Oh, no. We'll get the book back, Joni, you promise. We just need a plan. You figure out you have two options. You could try to raise the $50 and buy the book back from Larry, or you could follow Larry and try and steal back the book. Okay. Which should you do? I feel like I need more info. Is this is this US dollars or Australian dollars? Because mm. that's a, that's quite a different yeah. amount of money. So it's fifty dollars in like what is this nineteen ninety? Oh, that's even more. Ninety six. And this is US dollars. God, that's a lot of money. Mm. That's so, like yeah. hundred quid or something. Yeah. So Still Joni or... took the book. Yeah. From the magician. So the implication is that the magician wrote the book, right? Presumably. Well, I mean, maybe he just sells them. I don't. They we've, seem we've, not, we've not got time to try and get 50 quid. Mm. It's just not going to happen. We need we need to steal it back. So you're going to steal it back? Yeah. All right. Like, where are we going to get 50 quid from? Uh, the, you can steal it from Mr. Paul from the yogurt store, but I... No, he's nice. We're not going to do that. All right. We're going to we're gonna steal the book back. Forget it. There is no way you're going to pay Larry Doll... Larry, Larry Dolls? There's no way you're going to pay Larry $50 for a book he stole from you. I agree. No, you're going to find Larry and take the book back from him. Yeah. Larry and his friends hang out at the old chemical factory. You us. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, I'm sure you had a chemical factory back home. Just, just chemicals. No, no label. No, just generic chemicals. Generic chemicals. You tell Sid and Joni, we'll go over there, sneak in, steal the book back. Great plan, Sid cheers. You can tell he's trying to make Joni feel better. What are we waiting for? Let's move. The three of you bike to the edge of town. When you reach the old brick building, you see that most of the windows are boarded up. A battered sign is nailed to the front door. It reads, do not enter. How are we going to get in, Sid whispers. Let's circle round the back, you say. You follow Sid and Joni around the battered building. The brick walls are cracked and crumbling in places. An old metal fire escape covers one side of the factory and a murky canal runs behind it. Uh, the whole building gives you the creeps. Your parents always told you to stay away from this place. You even heard it was haunted. When you round at the back corner of the factory, you spot an old wooden door. But before you can test it, you hear music. Rap music from a boombox. 
It's them, you whisper. Quick, let's hide. Who have you ducked behind a pile of old tires? Just in time, Larry, DJ, and Buddy stroll around the corner of the broken down building. DJ takes a long swig from a soda can. Then he crushes the can and pitches it into an old rusty dumpster near the canal. He does at least put it in the trash. Yeah, that's quite nice of him. I'm, I'm Team Larry again. <laughs> a big grey rat pokes his head over the top of the dumpster and then leaps out. The enormous rodent is followed by another, then another, and another. Gross. <laughs> you hold your breath to keep from screaming, but Larry and his friends laugh. Figures. They're rats themselves. They're rat people. Yeah. Let's go, Larry orders. You watch DJ toss something gold into the dumpster. Then they go in the old door. Once the creeps are inside the factory, you sneak out from behind the tires. I think DJ threw the magic book in the dumpster, Joni says. I think no, he didn't. They took the book inside with them, Sid says. Let's follow them. To search the dumpster, page 120. Yeah. To sneak into the old building, page 12. Well, they're not leaving the building, so let's check the dumpster first. And then if it's not in there, you go in. It's very, uh, very hard to choice. Hard to argue with that logic. You decide to search the dumpster. If DJ threw away the magic book, then you can grab it and get out of the spooky place. Exactly. When you're sure Larry and his pals are inside, you, Sid, and Joni run to the dumpster. Somehow, you're elected to go into the dumpster. You step on an old milk crate near the dumpster and throw one leg over the metal side. You hang onto the edge, gazing at the mound of trash. Yuck. Wads of slimy paper smeared with greasy stains clumped together. Moldy food containers and banana pills rot in piles. Gross-looking things you can't even identify scattered among boards and plaster hunks. The smell is overpowering. The rotting garbage must have been in the dumpster for days. You try and hold your breath as you drop into this disgusting heap. Do you see the magic book? Sid yells from outside the dumpster. Not yet, you reply. Wait a minute. Where's some junk? I think I see something with a gold cover. You dig through the trash. There it is. You can see the magic book. It's lying between two rusty old cans. You kneel down and reach between the two cans. Then the trash shifts under you. You make a desperate lunge for the book. You've got it. You grab the magic book from the floor of the dumpster. Nice. But you lose your balance. Your arms and legs fly out in the air as you sink down into the trash. You scrunch up your face to avoid breathing in the awful stench. You open one eye and prop yourself up on one elbow. Two red eyes peer back at you. A long, twitchy nose is inches away from That's your face. That's a rat. You are staring at the biggest rat you've ever seen. There's a big rat. This rat is the size of a sheepdog. That's not possible. <laughs> I'm, I'm raising an issue. <laughs> you fling yourself as hard as you can to the other side of the dumpster. <laughs> Sheepdogs. <laughs> It's quite, quite a big dog, to be fair. It's yeah, one of the biggest breeds dog. of dogs. They could have said Chihuahua, and that yeah, would still be and, very big for a rat. And that would be big for a rat, and I would have believed it, but no, they overchanced their Yeah, own. they ruined the believability about, this book, about the ma stolen magic book. That's like that. It's quite a big rat. Uh, but that's, yeah, but, but yeah, like here we are. Like an E-Joni. Yeah. You fling yourself as hard as you can to the other side of the dumpster, but it's no good. You slip and slide on the slimy trash. You don't even have a time to let out a scream when the monster rat lunges for your throat. Oh God, have I died? The end. Have I died? <laughs> the sheepdog rat got me. Yeah, it did. So where, where, where did we go wrong? Well, we got the book back. So that's where the book is. It does seem I had unfair. no other choices after I got in the dumpster. No, you didn't. The, the, the book was in there. But I think if you had chosen to go inside, it would have turned out... It wasn't in there. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I think it sort be, of changes. Yeah. But 
I mean, your logic that you can search the dumpster and then go inside was sound, but I mean, often also, I've got to admit, I was imagining one of those dumpsters that, like, you know, the skips yeah. that people hire. I was imagining that. Well, that's what I'm imagining. What do you think it was so, meant to be? Well, how is a sheepdog-sized rat? I mean, like, you have, do you, how is a sheepdog-sized rat in there that you wouldn't see it immediately when looking in? Unless it's a euphemism, it's not actually a sheepdog. It's like, oh, it's as big as a sheepdog. But well, they said sheepdog. They did. I'm going with sheepdog. They did. Look, uh, I can't believe I died. Yeah. So I got a bad ending. Yeah, you got killed by a giant. Is that one rat. of the quickest ways you can die in that one? Or did I, I mean, get quite? Far? I haven't read these in in, you many, in many years, and of oh. course, you know, every route. I remember is slightly different yeah. than the one everyone reads. But um, look, that was a bad ending. I can't um, believe I, I genuinely thought I was going to get all the way through. Yeah, I know. And look, there are a few options there. It is quite difficult to get a positive ending. and you, But, you know, you tried your best. So, um, Claire, thanks so much for playing. What were your thoughts on Under the Magician's Spell? Well, I'm furious. <laughs> Did you think it was an engaging concept? Were you excited by the possibilities of magic spells and such? Yes. And I, I feel like, and again, it might have been the root. So I get that the point of the books is that you read them over and over again until you see all the mm. all the things. But yeah. I leave the country tomorrow. That's yeah. certainly yeah. a possibility. And I yeah. wish there was a bit more magic in it. Yeah, we did. Well, we saw the handcuffs, which were quite odd. And I guess maybe the, the disappearing thing as well. But yeah, you'd but think... we didn't go into that too much. You'd think under magician's spell... And like every pathway would have being eaten by magic. a rat is it is it a magic related yeah. ending? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Unless unless the implication was that the rat was magic, mm. but like. But at this point, we're speculating. We, yeah. we know very little about this this gigantic breed of rat. Yeah, I'm furious. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm dead. sorry. Well, I'm you know I'm sorry to, to bring you time in this country to suspicious <laughs> end. Uh, but Claire, um, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, to be placed under the magician's spell. Thank you for uh, for joining me on this uh, magical, spooky adventure. Would you like to take us out with my uh, trademark catchphrase that I finish every episode with? Okie dokie. That's it. That's what I say. Well done. And for the rest of you listening at home, please stay spooky.